today we're going to be looking at what is fellowship? Should we fellowship? And if so, how? Thanks for joining me today. We're looking at episode number five. What is fellowship? Should we fellowship? And if so, how? The term fellowship is usually only heard or used in church, or in church settings at least. A lot of churches have a designated area called a fellowship hall, or you hear about a church activity. A lot of times the pastor will say, it'll be a good time of fun and fellowship. So for me, growing up in church, the concept of fellowship was synonymous with potlucks or picnics or mandatory Christian fun. But what is fellowship really? Well, a fellow in this sense is a comrade, like think of military terms of camaraderie and working together, or an associate, like in business, where you're a team or teammate. And the suffix ship is added to a word to make it a state or condition. So then fellowship is this concept of being on the same team, in the same boat, or on the same page. But where is this found at in the Bible? My go-to is John chapter 17 for this topic. We have what is known as the high priestly prayer. It's where Jesus is standing in the gap between God and man, praying to God on behalf of his followers. The theme of his prayer is, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. He is praying for his disciples here, but he also prays for future generations. In verse 20, he prays, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So the whole purpose of this concept of doing life together is so that the world will look on this community and say, man, that is what I want. That is something that I want to be a part of. It's so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is the real deal, something that they observe. The Bible teaches fellowship, but it's not just Christian fun. It's the oneness of brothers and sisters doing life together. It's a melding of lives. It's a sharing of hearts. It's unity. Now, unity is this big picture idea, but the day-to-day -day stuff is fellowship. And where it begins is when you live your life every day and you rub shoulders elbow to elbow with the brothers and sisters of Christ. So what are you doing in a practical way to rub shoulders with other Christians? How are you doing life together? Or are you living in isolation from other believers? If you are, does the fellowship that you have with your brothers and sisters point others outside of the church to Christ? I mean, if not, take a hard look and step back and examine your life. Pray that God will show you a way to fellowship and to bring unity in the body of believers. It's no accident that the Bible references this unity and oneness as a body. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has this shining example of one body with many members. And so that's our text that we're going to use for today. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Thanks for listening. This has been a segment of Isaiah House Audio Productions based out of Orange, Virginia. We're a Christian podcast about Christian living. We share practical tips for how to walk out your faith in everyday life. Check us out online at www.isaiah.house. Again, that is www.isaiah.house. There you'll find daily devotional in the form of a blog. Sign up for our email list and even learn how to plug into the ministry.